draw some sales and do a pre-sale. Mm-hmm. Get get some money in the door because mm-hmm. money is the ultimate validator. People saying that yes, I love your stuff. That that doesn't mean anything. Create your life. Create your own life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Und skip your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. people. Happy, happy Sunday. This is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. It's a great day. Uh, getting a little chilly in New York, but, you know, still uh, happy to be here, to be around and be uh, making some things happen here. Um, before we jump into today's episode of CEO Talks, where you get to hear from uh, CEO Todd Wanish uh, and CEO Eric Fondren, who are two resident contributors here on the Create Your Life series, you will actually have the opportunity to catch up with yours truly, me. So here we go. Uh, Number one thing that I want to say today is is that I want to give a shout out to a very, very special friend of the show. And that person is uh, Miss Jody K. Williams. Uh, Very, very uh, amazing young lady, but it is her birthday. You know, happy to uh, see her turn another year and keep on doing amazing things. She's going out and uh, she's going to pass the bar this year, uh, 2018. She'll be a barred attorney. So, you know, round of applause in the studio for her. You know, making it happen, uh, seeing her dreams through, and she's really dedicated and on the on the uh, the path to to making her life, uh, creating her life. You know, so definitely happy about that. Uh, also, uh, I want to touch on something that has is really mattering to me right now, and that has really showed up for me in this past week. And that is for us the importance of us getting out of our comfort zones. I know I talk about this often. You know, and I talk about the, you know, the different ways that I get out of my comfort zone because I think that it's important. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that this week I went to the National Black MBA Conference, which is uh, for people who have a master's in business administration. Went down there uh, to Philadelphia, caught the bus about two hours. And I went to this conference, you know, on recommendation of one of my fraternity brothers. And I didn't know what I was going for, why I should really be there. But I know that he's a good person, very um very skilled and persuasive, to say the least, as well. So I went down, and I don't have an MBA. So I was kind of like, why am I going to this conference? I don't have an MBA. You know, this is for people who are looking for jobs. But even in that, going down there, trusting him, I went down, and I had a good time. But I also had the opportunity to talk to some different huge corporations and literally have the conversation around doing some consultant work for, we're talking some Fortune 50 country uh, companies. And so without having gone and stepped out of my comfort zone, you know, being around uh, people, because oftentimes we give a lot of credit to people for their academic um, successes. And while those are important, they aren't the end all be all. You know, I got had 
got the opportunity to sit down with some of these executives for, and literally talk for 40 minutes. Not only did we discuss the services that I could offer, but we discussed life and the commonalities that we have and, you know, really building. So I want you to know, you know, even though it may seem like you might not be qualified or you might think these things are yourself, get out of your own way and jump out there and do it. And something else that I want to touch on is that, you know, it's important for us to do the work. When I came back home, I got to talk to one of my mentors and she and I, she, we chatted and I said to her, I said, now I understand what you meant years ago when you said that I wasn't ready. Because the way I walked into that conversation with those executives down at, at that conference and literally quoted them the prices that I felt were, uh, were necessary to carry out this work, years ago I wouldn't have been confident enough because I hadn't done the work to understand my value. So I want everybody out there to really, really, really um, stay consistent and really do what is necessary to do the work and accomplish the work so that you can be confident in what it is that you're doing. And the last thing that I have to touch on, now certainly not least by far, is I have a friend who lives in St. Croix, and she has given me an update that she would like for me to share with everyone, uh, the Create Your Life Series family and those uh, who are friends of WACR 90.3 FM. And so I'm going to read this verbatim. It's an email that she sent. And so uh, this is from uh, Miss Abije uh, Malut Sneed. She said that uh, she's sending greetings from St. Croix and she's hoping uh, to get the word out about the conditions uh, there post-Hurricane Maria in the U.S. Virgin Islands. She says she can't speak much of Puerto Rico, but from what she hears, they are in just as bad of a condition. While Hurricane Irma ravaged St. Thomas and St. John, Hurricane Maria took its toll on St. Croix. Both Category 5 hurricanes wiped through the islands with 170 miles per hour winds. She says, think of the force as a this, think of this as the same force of a pressure washer. She said currently in day three uh, post hurricane, they're without running water, power, Internet and with only some hot spots. She said they have limited communications and provisions. The governor, Governor Kenneth Mapp, has issued curfews throughout the islands to discourage looting and unsafe driving conditions. There are a lot of telephone poles down blocking the roads and a lot of wires on the ground, some that are still hot. Many roofs have been lifted and businesses and homes destroyed. She says that her father and friends who she's been able to contact and properties are okay. Today's curfew was lifted for only four hours, and there was a mad dash to supermarkets and gas stations to stick up, to stock up on supplies. She says that people are trying to keep it together, but it's really tough. They are, not, they are not expected to get power back working for the next few months. She says that she'd glad, gladly accept relief aid for her and the community here if she knew that the USPS was up and running. The airports are down, so not even mercy flights are able to happen. The hospital, San Luis uh, Hospital, there has been compromised, and they're waiting for military assistance still on day three. A lot of members of the community have been clearing the road with machetes and anything they can get. Basically, it looks like an atomic bomb was dropped on the island and saved a few people. It's important to let folks know because there was no coverage on St. Thomas after Irma when, I, when she was actually spending time in California. So definitely, she says that I'm hoping that this correspondence can at least get people aware and focused on helping this U.S. territory. I will keep you updated as soon and as much as I can. So Create Your Life Series family, uh, we stand in solitude with those uh, in the Virgin Islands, uh, St. Croix, St. Thomas. Leah is actually from St. Thomas. She's a part of the Create Your Life Series uh, family. And so we're praying for everyone who is uh, dealing with difficulties right now due to these hurricanes. And 
really, really want to to send our well wishes. And us here at the Create Your Life series, we will definitely be sending out a care package uh, to the islands. Um, and so if you would like to contribute and like to, uh, to donate and help out in any way possible, you can give us a call here at 212-650-6903, or you can DM us um, at CYL Series on uh, Instagram. And there's that you can do it at CYL Series. You can at me at Kevin Y. Brown. Um, Aurelia, I mean, Leah is at Aurelia Thomas on uh, on Instagram. And so any way that you would like to contribute and help us to help out our uh, friends of the of the show, you know, please be please do so. Uh, with that being said, we're going to cut to a quick musical break and we will be back with CEO Talks for today. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. And as you know, today is the day for CEO Talks. And with CEO Talks, it's me, myself. And then we also have the incredible Mr. Todd Wanish here. Todd, please say hello to the Create Your Life series family. What's up, everybody? Thank okay. you so much for having me. It's good to be back. Yes, and so beautiful people, as you know, on this particular day, in this particular show, I actually don't get the host. Todd or Eric does, and so Todd, uh, what is today's topic about, man? And you know, let's 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 get started. All right, man. So so today is actually one of my all-time favorite topics, and that is actually deciding when to launch. Yes, uh, it's something that I think a lot of people dream about, especially when we're just starting out on our our paths as entrepreneurs. We always. Mm-hmm have this forecast of, of what it's going to be like when our idea finally comes to fruition and when we finally put that app or put that business out there and, and hit that launch button. And then we, we tend to daydream about all the, the financial rewards that are going to be coming our way and all the magic and power and everything that we've worked so hard for is going to come. Tr- I love talking about this stuff, man. It's Dude. fantastic because, because it, it's, uh, it ain't all pieces and cream, but it ain't, all, it ain't, it ain't uh, War of the Roses either. It's, there's some good and there's some bad. Very true. Very true. I think that uh, it, it's it's definitely interesting, <laughs> you know, when you're deciding where to lunch, when to lunch, you know, being that that's the topic uh, for today. Yeah, man. So so my question is, uh, what are the, some of the things that that you as a CEO uh, would do to prepare for a launch? Uh, what have you uh, what have you should should have completed and gotten ready and really, really have a lockdown before you even contemplate putting something into a launch pattern? Funny enough, we're doing that right now. Nice. Right, right now. Okay. And um, I would say beforehand, you're probably going to be rounding up your champions. The people that are going to be talking about the product, mm-hmm. pubbing the product themselves, your thought leaders, people you've uh, introduced the product to as a beta test, maybe someone who's maybe even a partner or an affiliate that can help get the message out there. Speaking of messaging, you need to know your marketing, your branding up front, the story that that launch goes along with, so that narrative can be repeated over and over again in all the um, mediums and information forms that you're going to publicize this in. And then, obviously, the collateral. So if you're going to be launching, you're going to be giving a lot of images and content to people that they're just going to spit out over and over and over again. So you want to make sure that you've thought that through already and it's already ready to go. Um, step-by-step plan of what's going to be released when. Even that's probably going to be a, a, a content drip of every two days, if anything, especially at the outset. You probably need a good three- to six-month marketing plan that's post-launch, right? So you're planning for all this information to be launched and released over a three- to six-month cycle, and you need to make sure that you know what's going to go out when so it's not a – because it'll come quick, 
You know I'm sitting here nodding my head, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't agree anymore. Yeah. Uh, in fact, when, when we do launches, and, and we do launches more and more and more, mm-hmm. um, not just for other clients, but for ourselves, um, we have, we've, over the course of a couple years, we've started to take the attitude uh, that our, what our startup does is launch, our, instead, of, instead, of, instead of the traditional way of seeing a startup as a product, right. uh, we actually see our startup as launching many startups. Right. So we actually start, we've started to model video game companies. Uh, every right? game is a new every release. game is a new every game is a new, new startup project. A, a project new startup new business opportunity right um, and because of that what we end up doing is is we have a launch calendar if we're going to launch something we plan anywhere from four to six months and we have multiple phases we have the pre pre launch we got the pre launch right. we've got the launch right. we've got the post launch right and sometimes there's even a post post launch right all to these phases everything and and just to 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 put it in context um, uh, and it, it defer it. it it's different depending on what the actual product is that we're launching at any given time, but mm-hmm. the the overall structure is the same. And and the example that I like to give is is on our last launch for a product, we had we sent out the launch period was a, it was a ten day launch window, mm-hmm. uh, from from cart open to cart close, and that doesn't include the pre launch, that doesn't include right. the post launch right. with down sells and everything else, uh, and we sent over eighty I think it was eighty five emails in ten days. Wow. To multiple segments, to okay. multiple people, multiple times a day. Right. And if you would try to have that, if you had just These woken up... eighty-five separate emails, every, not 85 separate every, emails. 85 separate email recipients. Correct. Right. Thousands right. of email recipients. Right. Uh, 85 separate emails to thousands of people mm-hmm. multiple times a day. And if we had just woken up on day one and said, okay, launch day is today, let's start writing this thing. Like, it would have been a nightmare. So we had that all written out in advance. It's all Google Docs, and it's all shared, and we go over it. And, and if something happens, that way, that way also we can, we can take the temperature of the launch. Mm-hmm. If something happens in the middle of a launch or something pops up, which often happens, some, mm-hmm. sometimes you put something out there that you think is just going to be uh, uh, a, a standard part of, of, of this launch cycle, and all of a sudden it just hits, and people just love it. And you're like, oh, oh, dang! Like, how do we, we capitalize? How do we capital? Do we need to wrap that up as a separate product and add it as a as a bonus or something? Or, or how can we? What maybe we save that to later? Like, by having everything prepared in advance, that actually allows you to be a little bit. Uh, allows you allows you that freestyle yep. that you need on the yep. fly to be able to rewrite something or to redirect something. Right, because a launch really is is an extended um, marketing push with your clientele. It's an extended proactive conversation. You're constantly giving them something to give you feedback on. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, your product just in general, it may have feedback portions or it have, may have times of the year where you're doing reviews. But a launch is when you're basically opening the floodgates and allowing the customers to come at you in full force. And so you have to be able to get out the tediousness out the way so that you can receive that, feel, that feedback and actually act on it. Yeah, 100%. And, and tell me if you agree with this. This is something that uh, I find a lot of, Younger entrepreneurs, people who are just kind of coming in, mm-hmm. there's a there's an ideal surrounded by the launch, and that it's a finite, once in a lifetime right. thing. We we right. everyone reads the reads the blogs, they read the the splashy articles, they see photos of like people with champagne and gigantic parties. Right. I've been to plenty of those. Where right. you're just like you guys are just launching an app. How much did you spend on this party? Like well, really? Like how many developers could you have hired? You know, all right, if that's the way you want to go. When really the launch is, is just Ongoing. as much hard work, but it's just the beginning of the story. It's just the beginning of the story, and it's, and it's, not, it's not a one-time event. No, not uh, at all. From, from the way I always look at it is, is 
anytime somebody is exposed to your product or your service for the first time, mm-hmm. that's a launch for them. Right. Right. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether they've come through a, a lead magnet online mm-hmm. or an email opt-in or a TV commercial mm-hmm. uh, or a radio commercial. It doesn't matter. That is somebody's first instinct. That, that, that's somebody's first interaction, uh, interaction with your brand. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that it's always going to be a launch for everybody. So you can take out some of the fear that I think a lot of people have from launching when you understand that you're launching all the time. We launch products over and over and over. Whenever you do a mm-hmm. sale on your product, mm-hmm. what do you do? You, you, you try to hype it up. You try to get the buzz That's going so again. The, the sales and the discounts and the coupons and the, the, the winter sales and the Christmas sales and the you know, Cyber Monday and right. all that, those right. are all launches. Right. And that's why these businesses have those launches because they always need to bring the hype. Because if you only had that hype once when you're launching, man, ain't nobody going to see that. Like, that's very come true. on. It needs it. The momentum needs to continue. And you, you said something interesting where you were just basically listing out all the holidays of the year, and it, that really speaks to the fact that you have to get into a groove. You have to build a pattern around it, and and really stick to that pattern. What if it's a three month cycle or a six month cycle? I was listening to the radio the other day, and they were talking about the Bronner's Brothers show, and they were, "How long in advance do you start to plan for the next show?" And they were like, six months in advance." And so we basically have a 30-day window in between the launch of one show and the planning, or the the end of one show and the planning Mm -hmm. for the very next one. So you're basically always in planning mode for your launches and your reiterations or whatever the case is. So the process is absolutely necessary. What's what's the uh, standard operating procedures that have to go into place, right, Kevin? SOPs, man. You know how that goes. (laughs) But I I think... uh, you guys are touching on something. So we, we, you talk about the planning, right, how important that is. I think one of the other things, Todd, and you and I have been having a lot of discussions about this lately, yeah. that customer development. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much time before launching do you want to spend on customer development? What do you guys think about that? Well, I think that um, obviously it's very subjective to what it is you're launching mm-hmm. and who your customer is. Very subjective. Um, so in my market, my launches are really – um, partner-affiliated introductions, to, to lack of a better word. Basically, I go to the top-level person who has distribution across hundreds of thousands of ATMs, and then they'll just chain me down the line. And that's really my soft launch. When I get one really good client out of that soft launch, then I can take them as a case study and a testimonial to the harder launch with collateral and marketing materials at conferences, all of that, all of that type of stuff. So I think that for my product specifically in my industry, word of mouth is absolutely necessary. And so customer development on at least one high-value target is required to, before launch. Mm. Yeah, and I would add that uh, it, I agree that it's completely subje- subjective as mm-hmm. to when the right time is to launch. It really is different for everybody. Uh, but the reason it's different for everybody is because every audience is different. Right. And right. it depends on your audience. Right. If you can, you can sometimes drum up uh, a lot of excitement based on who you are as a person and what you're delivering and the value that you're providing. Mm-hmm. And if you can, the faster that you can do that, the faster you can launch. So it really depends on the audience temperature. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are definitely some milestones and some things that we use as a guide, like we will not launch before this. Um, so well, what so, are some of those milestones? So, well, so for us, it's we have a certain number of goals, right? Mm-hmm. So for us, uh, I try to have at least an audience of a thousand people okay. in any given market, minimum, because at a thousand people, I know that 
uh, depending on the product. It mm -hmm. depends whether it's a software product or an info product or a course. Uh, but I can be conservative with my numbers mm -hmm. and say, okay, out of in in. Ten percent conversion rate. Not even. You don't even need that. So uh, an example, a, a real example uh, for course launches, mm -hmm. um, which I love. They're they're a lot of work to do up front, but they really pay pay dividends for for years and years and years. And when when you're setting up your launch and you're setting up your goals for that launch, uh, if you the the industry standard of conversion is about two percent, right? And that doesn't include webinars. That doesn't include things that can boost that conversion, right? But what you're really looking for as a goal is two percent conversion. So if I have a thousand people on an email list and they're excited and they like what I've been saying, and I and through that conversation I can say, oh, they're really going to be. I think they're going to be really interested in this. I'm I'm positive mm -hmm. that they're going to like this. Right. Um, then you have a number. You have a goal that you can set. So so a two percent conversion might only be twenty people. Right. Right. But twenty people, if your course is a thousand dollars, you just made five figures. Right. Right. And that's a very that's very achievable and that's very doable. Uh, and then there's other things you can wrap around that. Uh, to make it a package, to, to create upsells and other things of value so that you can you can increase your revenue and you can try to get beyond that 2% conversion right. or make that 2% conversion, uh, that, that ca average cart value, right. uh, you can make that cart value higher. Right. Uh, but if I start with a specific number and I go into it saying, okay, we have an audience of X, I know the conversion number for Y, the course that they're going to like is Z, then that sets me up for, for a, a, a guide, right. milestones. I think one one important part to remember is how large your customer base is, but also um, how much it costs to acquire them and then how much their lifetime value is. I don't mm. think that most entrepreneurs start out thinking about customer acquisition costs and lifetime value, but ultimately it's going to um, be indicative of how much you're actually going to spend on marketing because you don't want to overspend what you're actually going to get back. Mm -hmm. And then you're also going to want to be able to say that you're not going to spend too much time trying to close a client because mm -hmm. overall, over their lifetime, they won't be profitable as well. And so that really comes down to what is it you're selling? How much does it cost to make? How much can you sell it for? What are your margins? All of that really comes into play at the outset, not really after you have your, well, after you've gotten a business running and you have an audience, then any new product you build needs to be economically viable. Can you uh, break it down just for uh, some of the Creator Life Series who might just be tuning in right now? How do you really figure out what your customer acquisition cost is going to be uh, based on those four things that you named? Well, let's say that let's keep it simple, right? So let's say you purchased a distribution list of 1,000 people and it cost you $1,000. Mm -hmm. That means every name on that list cost you a dollar. Mm -hmm. Say your product um, is a 99-cent monthly fee right? And mm -hmm. it's a 12-month program or something like that. So you're going to make $12 over the course of a year for one person. Right. So your customer acquisition cost is $1. Mm -hmm. Their lifetime value is $12. So your profit margin on that person is $11 right. over the course of one year. Now, if it takes you longer to acquire that customer or they spend less time in the program or they fall off, then their average lifetime value may dip may dip to $6, may dip to $4, but your margins are still high enough for you to actually pay that $1 up front. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, and, and for me, our, ours is a little different. I, I, the problem, I have a problem with lifetime value, and I have, I have had that problem for a long time. Uh, it's an important number to know. You, can't, you have to know your numbers. Lifetime value, LTV, is, is one of them. 
the problem when you're starting out or when you're doing a launch is how do you know your lifetime value when you don't have a customer, right? right. I've had my first customer. Great. He's been a customer for a week. How do I know what the lifetime? Am I going to wait six months? <laughs> like, how do I know when, the, when the, he's going to drop off or churn? I, I don't know. So what we do is we focus, we, we look at lifetime value of the customer in the long term, but in the short term, what we need is average cart value. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, there's a, 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 something that, that really brilliant marketers, much smarter than I got, got together and, and figured out. And, and there's a saying that says amateurs focus on the front end and professionals focus on the back end. Mm-hmm. And what that means is most people and most businesses and this is even big businesses, focus on the front end. That means you come in, you find a product, you buy it, bye-bye, right? Uh, marketers, because a lot of them, the original marketers, and even to this day, a lot of them have uh, uh, started uh, as bootstrappers. Essentially what happens is they have to pay for all this themselves. They're all bootstrappers. Right. So mm-hmm. what they do is they look at that cost to acquire a customer, and they say, okay, well, this, this, it cost me $7 to acquire a customer. So on the front end, I'm going to have, let's say, an ebook. Uh, or a physical book, it doesn't matter, something for uh, seven, eight bucks, right? So what happens is that person who buys that book, that one-time offer, has just broken even for all the people who didn't buy. And then anybody beyond that, or any sale beyond that, is 100% profit. So you get the people that pay for that first product to pay for all the people that come into that funnel that will never buy. Right. And then everybody that passes that gate to the back end, the, the upsell courses, the the getaways, the mastermind groups, whatever it is, enterprise software, whatever it is, um, those people, once you get people past that gate, then it's 100% profit. The margins are much, much higher because the, the people pay for the ad spend that it costs to get them, and they pay for the people that will never buy from you. Right. Okay. Awesome. Well, with that being said, uh, beautiful people, we are going to cut to a musical break, and before we do that, I want to announce to you that we actually have tickets to a dress rehearsal for a play at the Apollo this week. And the name of this Apollo is Moved. And it is about gentrification here in the Harlem community. So if you would like to win these tickets, then call in 212-650-6903. Also, the first five people who um, sign up for our mailing list on our website will be awarded these tickets, and you will be able to pick them up from us this week. Hi, I'm Diane. I have a daughter, Nikki, and she's a senior at high school. She just got accepted for early decision into college. Prior to taking Kevin's program, we were pretty overwhelmed because her college debt after her merit scholarships looks like it's going to be about $150,000 in four years. Feeling pretty overwhelmed about that $150,000 potential debt, I decided to enroll in Kevin's debt-free college academy full course program and i have to say the value for the money uh, for what we got out of the program was absolutely amazing kevin takes you step by step with many many different tips and many different strategies for not only the student but for us as parents for our student things that we can do to really help save money and prepare if you or your child are looking to save money on college costs, sign up for Debt-Free College Academy today at DebtFreeCollegeAcademy.com using coupon code FREECOLLEGE. All right, beautiful people. Glad to uh, have you back. We're here with CEO Talks. This is Eric Fondren. And so we're kicking it off with the last few questions here. And to Todd, what is a soft launch and in what scenario would a soft launch be preferred over a hard launch? Sure. So uh, we always, I always try to use some form of soft launch. 
uh, you want to dip your toe into the water before you jump into the deep end, you know? So for us, uh, we use something that, it's a modified version of, of Jeff Walker's Seed Launch. Okay. Uh, Jeff Walker has a book out there called Launch. He's, he's incredible. It's a, it's a great launch type of sequence. Um, but one of the things that he, he recommends and that we started to do years ago was something called the Seed Launch. And essentially what the Seed Launch is, is it's a small uh, bite-sized launch that you can do quick. Right. So you're not trying quick, to... What's the quick. time frame for quick? Um, it, it varies, but it, it essentially what you want to do is, is you want to avoid, um, you know, per- perfection is the enemy of done and yes. completion. And, and, <laughs> and it doesn't matter whether you're doing a course or an info product or a software product. We all have the tendency to, like, you know, put the polish. You know, yeah. you want to spit, you know, spit shine it. You want it to Everything. be beautiful. It's your baby. And, you know, Presenting God forbid. Bow. Yeah. Yeah. Every, you want everyone to love it as much as you do. Um, and uh, so the sea launch is, is just a, 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 uh, a different – it's a, a way to launch an, a minimum viable product. Okay. So for it, – it, and it, so it varies depending on whether it's software or for info product. But for, for a courseware or course product – what you would want to do is you want to would want to go ahead and do a quick launch, uh, draw some sales and do a pre-sale, mm-hmm. get get some money in the door because mm-hmm. money is the ultimate validator. People saying that yes, I love your stuff that that doesn't mean anything. So true, right? You need to get people to open their wallets, give you you know, pull out their credit card and and pay you for that. And then once you have it, that's when you start creating the product. Right. You have the you have the outline done and you've pitched the sale sales page. You've pitched what you want to sell, but you haven't made anything really. I mean, right. I prefer not to do anything because I don't want to waste my time. Some people will do like a couple small things just so they have a jump in case some, mm-hmm. something starts selling. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you don't make the whole product and then try to sell it. So in this scenario, you're using a soft launch or a seed launch almost as a market experiment, market test. 100%. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a pre-sale. Mm-hmm. So you'd get the pre-sale in. And then when you have that small audience who's ready to, to, to purchase this from you, um, if it's something like a, a course, what you can do is you say, okay, well, this course is going to go over a period of six weeks. Mm-hmm. You guys get the benefit of, because this is the, I'm recording this, everyone else is going to get the pre-recorded version, but for you guys, it's actually going to be live. Mm-hmm. And that means you get live mentorship with me mm-hmm. as a bonus. That's the upsell. That's the benefit. I will help you directly one-on-one with whatever your problems are, and nobody else gets that. Right. And that is the, that is the exchange for you. For you that's the incentive early. for you to come early. You get the discounted. Usually it's a, a discounted price on the product. Right. Um, and then we can work together to help you on your business, and you're helping me. And a lot of times what you see with these types of seed launches for, for videos or courses uh, is that the product is live. It's just a Google Hangout, and right. you, I got my notes up there, and I got some you know really ugly slides, and I'm right. just reading the slides. Uh, and, and essentially what you do is even though you have an outline of what that product is going to be, the people who have purchased from you, I'll go ahead and send them a questionnaire. Say, okay, the first, the first module, the first course is going to be uh, about uh, validation. Mm-hmm. What are your questions about validation? Right. And well, they've paid money for this course, so they're going to send me their questions about validation. So then when I go to make this, this thing, this module, this lesson, I'm just answering their questions. Right. So th- it's also it, content creation. It's content creation, part. but I'm not making it up. The right. people who paid me money, I'm answering their questions, so they're always going to be satisfied. And then after that lesson is over, I follow it up and say, well, uh, next week's question, next week's problem is going to be, uh, I don't know, how to launch, right? Uh, but if, if there's anything I didn't cover in validation or if you have any other questions that pop up over the weekend, I know sometimes in live it's hard to come up with things, you're going to think about things, send them to me and I will answer them. So what happens is you're just building a database of questions that, that people have, have actually asked about this problem. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times what also happens is that 
when you're you're always 10 steps ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, you're so you already have that business. You're already growing your business. You already know these steps. So you forget sometimes that it's just about learning how to ride a bike. So a lot of right. times these questions that people ask, you wouldn't even thought of because they're so basic. Because right. you did them years ago. Right. Right. And and the soft doing it with software for us is a, is almost the same way, uh, where we'll we'll ask people to do a presale, and then the benefit is is that they get. We usually treat it like a white label, right. a white label service where you can you we will build whatever you want. Right. It's almost like a Groupon. Mm-hmm. Right. We got 10 people. Awesome. They're paying us this much. You guys get whatever you want. And then as we continue to develop and do a full launch to everybody else, uh, you guys get free updates forever. Right. So you you are purchasing this at a discount, big discount, and you get you get everything. Yeah, it's really important to find that product market fit. You know, being able to say that this is a finite purchasable entity or commodity and someone's actually going to purchase it at market. It's not just something that looks nice on the shelf, it's wonderful, but someone's actually going to buy it in market. And it seems like you've solved that problem by help, having the consumers help you build the product ahead of time. So their right. real needs are wrapped up in it. I think that's really important. A lot of times people will build in a dungeon, build in a lab, never talk to consumers, then come out the door and say, why isn't this selling? Okay, so Create Your Life Series family, Eric is secretly talking about me. You know, there, I have my hand yeah, raised in there. the studio oh, right now. Yeah. I will admit that I definitely built a product in a vacuum, in a dungeon, once upon a time, and I have had some success with the product, but it has not been as successful as I thought it would have been. And it was because I didn't go out and do the customer development or the seed launch, and there are lots of things to still learn about this product. Now, I do believe that I could relaunch it if that was my focal right. point, which it's not. But <laughs> I would strongly encourage you exactly <laughs> to, to, to listen to this episode and do everything that Todd and Eric are telling you because I can personally attest to the fact that right. it but was a bomb. This is, this is something that, that we've all done, though. Everybody. Absolutely. I mean, I've I, done it so many I, times. I, my, first, my first big launch for, for our, our first startup, uh, I was determined not to fail. Yeah. I had I had already gone launched products and physical goods and mm-hmm. fashion and toys. I'd done a lot of stuff, but this was my first software product. And I was like, I'm not failing this. I've done this a lot in other mediums. I'm not gonna fail. So I did everything by the book. I interviewed 100, 150 people in my market, mm-hmm. and I said, Would you buy it? How, what do you think about it? What problems are you having? All this, and uh, I think 98% were like, Yes, I want this. When it comes out. I'm going to, I'm gonna, yes, just let me know I'm, I'm in. Oh, you're in? I'm in, 100%. Let's do it. And we went, and based off of that, I said, man, we are, we're going to make a killing off of this. Like, everybody loves it. Oh, my God. We're the only ones thinking about this. So we went out. We built the software product. We put everything into it. I knew, I knew the market intimately because it was part of my background. So mm-hmm. I knew exactly what features to put in. Yeah. We launched it. Crickets. Nobody, nobody. Nobody. And I went back to those 100, 150 people, uh, and I said, hey, so we launched it. It's live. D- come on in. L- look, you, you get a discount. And they're like, oh, mm, you know, I gotta, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, dude. I, yeah, I'm on. I'm, I just, I got to wait for my next paycheck. Right. You can hear from me. You can right. Hear. And I was, from that point on, it, it was, it was like, <laughs> until somebody pays me, mm-hmm. I'm not building anything. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. Especially with software. You spend, you can, you can burn those wheels for so long. Dude. Oh, man. Oh, man. I burned the wheels. <laughs> Any light at the end of the tunnel. I burned the wheels off. <laughs> <laughs> the wheels were disintegrated, man. No more wheels. And I completed the program 
it got stolen out of my rental car on my laptop. Oh. And I recreated the program. I, I guess I should have been listening to God because he was trying to tell me, though, you're building in a vacuum. And then I went back and rebuilt the same thing. Oh, I completed it. And it was on the computer, man. And then I had to go back. I went back and did it again. So, yeah, that's life. That's all right, though. <laughs> so I got a question. Yeah. Uh, what would you say are the top three to five major things a, a business should have in place before launching? Definitely a marketing plan, like a three to six month marketing plan. Who are, who are you going to speak to? Who are you going to release information to? Um, where are you going to be either branding or advertising? Where are you going to be developing your thought leadership, you know, in terms of putting your content out there? It's, it's Your product is wrapped in content. That's really all thought leadership is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's supposed to tie back to you ultimately. So really your marketing plan has to be in place. Secondly, you know, Obviously, who it is you're going to be distributing the product to, so how you're going to communicate with them. Um, And this is the actual customer base. So not just finding new customers, but once they're actually in the funnel, how are you going to consistently communicate to them so that that, uh, that sales funnel communication plan has to be in place. And that's different from your marketing plan. Your marketing plan is to get people into the funnel. Mm -hmm. Your communication plan is to get them through the funnel. And then, of course, the the delivery of the product. I think people actually forget this one because they think they built the product and then it's just going to be easy. People are going to be knocking down the door. I can sell, 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 figure out the rest later. How are you distributing that product actually? If it's a software product, how are you protecting it from being copied? If it's software in the cloud, how are you giving access that's secure? If it's a tangible product, how are you shipping that out the door consistently? Do you have... Um, a drop ship partner or whatever the case is. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you've, or at least in my mind, know how to get people in your funnel, get people through your funnel, and then get them the product at the end of the funnel. And I would, I would second that. I think you hit on some incredible points. For me, I would add two other things, and that is customer service and getting ready for that mm-hmm. and knowing that the problem you're trying to solve is something that really needs solving and that people want solved. Mm-hmm. So on the customer service side, you need to, before you go into it, you need to know how you're going to handle those emails when people call or people email and, and say, hey, I didn't get this, or when is this right. coming, or why didn't this work, right. or how does this work, and wh- how you're going to... How gonna, does this work? How does this work? Because people, you think it's intuitive, No it's matter not, how clear, intuitive. a giant arrow pointing to that button, you're still <laughs> well, going to get people... <laughs> yeah, you're still going to get people asking about it. And also, uh, how, do you han- how do you handle refunds? How do you handle mm-hmm. people who sign up if it's a subscription service? Mm-hmm. How do you handle when people sign up for 12 months at whatever the price is and then drop out after three months? Right. Or they use a, they use a, a, um, a, a, credit, a, a card that, that magically caps out and all, right. all of a sudden you can't get your charge through. Right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And on the other side is before all of that is, is recognizing before you try to jump into pre-sales and before you try to jump into the launch is really looking at that problem and trying and, and making sure that this is a problem that people actually want solved. And so for me, I look, I make sure that there's competitors. Mm-hmm. I will not move into a market if there's not, if there isn't somebody already mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. hopefully multiple people. And that, right. that goes against, uh, you know, common thinking. Everyone thinks that, I, oh, no one else is doing this. That means it must be good. No, that means that someone's no tried it and failed. It. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be, you can always tell the pioneer by the number of arrows in their back. 
You don't want to be, you know what I mean? You don't want to be the first person on land getting shot up. You want to you want to stand on the shoulders of giants, you know. Right. You, you don't you don't want to be MySpace, you want to be Facebook. Right. You don't want to be Netscape or anyone or Lycos, you want to be Google. Right. right. Right? So so you have to be able to go in and see that oh, there are other human beings out there spending money for something that is similar to what I'm thinking about making. Mm-hmm. You might have a unique selling position which you should have to mm-hmm. make yourself unique. Um, but you know how many how many how many diet plans are out there? Thousands, millions, millions. Have like to be. it, Hundreds how many exercise programs are there out there? Right. When the goal is the same, what makes them different is the is the unique way that each individual entrepreneur and each individual founder goes about it. Right. But if they went out there and said and said, "Man, I've got this exercise program." Oh, you mean oh somebody else did an exercise program? Dang, I guess that means I can't do it. Like no, like you don't even think about it. But for but for software and startups, we tend to think it has to be such a unique idea, such a right. beautiful little butterfly. And and I'm I'm here to tell you that that for me, I want to make sure that there's at least a couple of people that are crushing it because then I can say, man, if we only get two point two percent, if we if we're just horrible and I'm lazy, right, and and we're just part time in this, then I know that there's people that are still going to be attracted to this right. if I pitch it the right, right way. The market's large enough for you to actually go into it, right. I'm not. I'm not looking for. I'm looking for a layup. <laughs> you know, makes sense. I think it's important to um, figure out ahead of time. You know, outside of your friends and family, I go back to this because I think it's Absolutely. some entrepreneurs run into <clears throat> all the time. Your friends and family are going to be your cheerleaders, regardless of whether or not your product sucks or not. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, "Oh, that's wonderful! Look at all the hard work you're putting in. Good for you." But ultimately, you want to speak to people that either you do not know, who don't look at you as, you know, cool because you're doing that off the beaten path entrepreneurship gig. Right. You know, you speak to somebody that has some skin in the game in terms of what you're trying to sell them. Because if they have a real need, they'll probably be honest with you about how you can give, how you can meet that need. And those are the people that will help you build a product and, and reach that product market fit that's necessary before you ever launch a thing. Or even think about launching a thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I, I think that's actually a really important thing to say. And that that is, you have to begin to talk to people who do not know you, and and they have or they already have skin in the game because there's a problem that they have to to solve. And it's up to you as the entrepreneur to also realize that by you taking that step back and saying this is a problem that I want to solve, mm-hmm. whether you recognize it or not, you have actively removed yourself from that problem. Mm-hmm. You are no longer in the universe of the problem. You've decided to solve that problem. Right. So you no longer can see that no, problem you don't clearly. To it as much. You cannot. The minute you make the decision to solve that problem for other people, you are not in the problem. You do not have clarity on it's what that problem is because you point. have already made the decision to that solve means it. You have to go back to the audience. You have and, to and stay in touch with that them was, in order that to was stay the, grounded. That was the mistake that I made with that first startup. I knew the market mm-hmm. so well because I had I had been in it for so long mm-hmm. and. My problem was is that I didn't understand. I, I knew what I needed at my point in life for that specific problem. Right. And once I built that solution, the solution worked. Right. I used it for myself. It was great. I mean, I I made money for myself using that software product. But for the people that came in, they were they they were already they were so buried in that problem still that they couldn't see the solution. So right. the solution that I provided was like three steps ahead. Right. Wow, that's, I mean, I didn't, th- I don't think about it in that way, but it's important to, you know, ref- to frame it that way because ultimately you become, it's like 
when you're making too much money and from a socioeconomic level, you lose touch with the people that are a little lower, lower than you on the rung. And the only way to stay in touch is to go back into that community, go back into that environment and, and, and realize the humanity of others. You have to realize the, the lack when it comes to that problem and with the individuals that you're trying to solve it for by staying engaged with them, staying in touch with them and understanding what it is that they go through on a day-to-day basis. Otherwise, you just feel like, why aren't you eating off my hand? It's going, <laughs> this, is, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread right here. Right, and that's why it's important when you have that entrepreneurial spark. You know, you might be at your day job, you might be on, on, on working with a client and instantly that, that spark hits you with, of something that you need to create and mm-hmm. you think you know it's going to be a, a, a hit because mm-hmm. you need it so bad. But just having that spark has removed you from the problem because by definition of someone looking for a problem is they have not solved it for themselves. If you have theoretically come up with a solution, you are already thinking about ways to solve a problem that other people have not gotten to yet. Mm. So it is important for you to step out and say, at the minute that spark hits, it's important to step out and say, oh, this, is, this could be something, but let me talk to other people who have not realized what I have realized mm-hmm. and find out, A, if it's a real problem, and B, prove that it's a real problem by them giving me $1, $20, $100, whatever it is, cash, money to say, no, I, I want this. Here's $20, put me on the list. Mm. If they can't do that, or if there, people are not willing to do that, you should not do anything. Because we, we put money down, yeah. and we do, we do pre-sales all day and night. I mean, right. everybody, you, when you run a hotel room, you're doing a pre-sale. Right. You don't know the hotel's going to be there. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it's true. It's good logic, man. That's true. Yeah, I think it's important, you know, the way we're talking about marketing plans and whatnot, I think that people don't realize how much uh, it requires you to be an executor and a brand manager. So being the voice as well as the feet on the operation, Mm -hmm. keeping it moving forward because it's so execution-oriented. It's very timeline-oriented, and you have to make sure things fall in place in order for it to go. So we'll come back to everything in terms of getting your marketing plan tight and, and executing on points, but right now we're just gonna hit a little music break and we'll come back to you in a couple. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. We are back, CEO Talks. You have had the opportunity to hear from uh, Eric Fondren, uh, CEO of Itelio, and Todd Wanner, CEO of Clever Era. And they have just been blessing us with all of this information and game um, around launching, you know, how to decide when to launch, a little bit about pivoting, and uh, definitely not building in the vacuum. Uh, which is something, of course, that we all admitted to doing at one point. So that being said, uh, we're wrapping up today's show, and I want Eric and Todd to just tell you where you can stay in contact with them at uh, as far as social media, and then we also have a couple announcements for you. Yeah, so uh, for me, anyone interested in in what we're working on, they can just go to cleverera.com. That's C-L-E-V-E-R-E-R-A.com. It's just a single landing page. There's a button on there. You can click up on it and uh, get on the email list, and uh, we'll stay in touch with you. And we're going to be, over the next coming months, actually, we're going to be launching a lot of original content, a lot of free value uh, for anybody interested in actually taking their game to the next level and getting their stuff out there and, and building a life on the things that they make. Yes. Absolutely. And you can find uh, information about Itelio at Itelio. That's I-T-E-L-L dot I-O. 
And you can find information about me. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Eric Infondrin, as well as on Twitter, Eric Infondrin as well. Um, and you'll see us. We're looking to engage with you in the out-of-home space, so being a digital out-of-home advertising company. So you'll be seeing us uh, in a few high-quality retail venues soon. You know, you'll be able to engage with our screens and really interact in, in the out-of-home space. So look forward to, to seeing that out in the New York City area. Okay. Well, beautiful people, you heard it here first, and this is the Create Your Life series. Happy, happy Sunday. Looking forward to connecting with you next week. Be blessed. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York. We encourage you to participate in the conversation. Call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Happy, happy Sunday. This is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and